We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DVTPFL. It is Wednesday, it's March 9th, it is 2022. We have 12 NBA games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined today by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, how's it going, my friend? Good, yeah, had a real good day in basketball. I think I went, I don't, I don't even know, I went at 19 and... 17 with a whole bunch of alt overs hitting so you know what can't complain i mean that's at the end of the day can't complain when you're crushing it (laughs) yeah oh man (laughs) i opened up this slate and i was like 12 games oh so bear with us as we get through this we got a bunch of back-to-backs small slate tomorrow right isn't it like one or two games i think it's two um yeah let me see yeah it's a two-game slate we are not scheduling a podcast for tomorrow with only two games so we'll be back friday so let's uh let's jump in here and get started with boston at charlotte 226 and a half total here Celtics a seven-point favorite. Charlotte is on the second end of a back-to-back, so we won't have an injury report for them. And then on the Boston side, I mean, they're ready to go. Neesmith is out, but that's about it. So looking at Boston here first, what do you like here for the Celtics? I mean, I kind of like everyone. I don't really love anyone. It's a great matchup going up against Charlotte, but the problem is everyone's kind of healthy in this spot here. I think anyone of Brown, Tatum, Smart, Williams – 
Horford, any one of these guys can end up going off in this game. I think Tatum, followed by Brown, are obviously the two main choices, but they are the two most expensive ones. I am worried a little bit about this game getting out of hand, even though though it's a seven-point spread. Charlotte has a propensity to either blow teams out or get blown out. And on the second of a back-to-back, I think they might struggle in this spot a little bit here. Regardless, I think if I'm playing any of these guys, which, again, my preference is probably Tatum, Brown, Smart, Williams, then Horford. Um, if I'm playing any of them, I'm probably bringing it back on the other side for Charlotte. The problem is that nothing really looks great over on the Charlotte side that we'll get to in a second. But, like, anyone going versus Charlotte, obviously pretty solid overall play. It's a huge pace-up spot for Boston. Yeah, I mean, my my biggest concern is the game staying close. But overall, I think this is a great matchup. And I think Robert Williams, this could be like a ceiling type of spot for him. Love big guys against Charlotte. He's been consistently getting 35 minutes a night. So I I could see Robert Williams having like a big game here in this one. Going to the Charlotte side, you know, we saw yesterday, last night, big games from Rogier. Um, Paul had a decent game. He just didn't pay off his price, but we saw a big game from Rogier. What are your thoughts here on Charlotte? Yeah. I mean, over on the Charlotte side, I think Rogier is a preferred play to ball, although I like both of them and they're the main two guys I like uh, bridges is fine, but realistically, again, this is not a great matchup for anyone. I have to assume that smart's going to be on ball. I think ball might struggle here. So again, the obvious bringing back for me, I think is Rogier outside of that, like, Harold not getting the minutes recently. Plumley not doing great in the minutes. He's not doing terrible. He's probably priced where he should be at 4700 He might end up getting a little bit more playing time going up against both Horford and Williams. They might need him a little bit more. And P.J. Washington might end up playing mid-30 minutes. But overall, no one really stands out as a good play in terms of overall value here, considering their price tags are all where they should be for a normal matchup. And a matchup versus Boston is obviously one of the worst ones on the board. Yeah, I, I don't love Charlotte. I think if I was going to play anybody from Charlotte, be Rogier or Ball. That's kind of it. Moving on here, we got Chicago at Detroit. 226.5 total. The Bulls a 6.5 point favorite. Ball, Caruso, Cook out. Williams is still out. Vooch is questionable. And then on the Pistons side, Hayes is questionable. Jackson's out, and Isaiah Stewart is out. And I think that one kind of matters a little bit here, and we'll get to that in a minute. Let's start with Chicago. If Vooch doesn't play, I mean, I don't hate the price for Levine. We saw DeRozan, you know, have a almost a triple-double the other night against Philly with no Vooch. Uh we were kind of curious what Tristan Thompson's role was going to be. He played 29 minutes. So if Vooch doesn't play, I definitely think you go back to the wall on Tristan Thompson. What are your thoughts here on Chicago? Yeah, Vooch is out. Tristan Thompson shouldn't have been playing the minutes, and he should do pretty well on the spot going up against Detroit, especially if Isaiah Stewart doesn't end up playing. Um, if Vooch is in, I don't really have a ton of interest in anyone. Vooch, Levine, DeRozan, all priced where they should be considering they're all in there. But if Vooch is out, I mean, that's a decent boost in usage for both DeRozan and Levine. I think DeRozan is the preferred or not. Levine is the preferred play, just considering that he's 1,200 cheaper, gets slightly better matchup. But DeRozan can absolutely get it done in this spot, too. I don't mind either of them. 
I do worry about this game staying close. It is Detroit. Granted, it's over in Detroit, so they might be able to keep it close. But realistically, you're looking at just the big two and Tristan Thompson if Vooch is out and then no one really if Vooch is in. Yeah, I think if Vooch plays, I'm probably out here as well. I think Levine is still somewhat interesting, still under 9K. We know he has ceiling. I just, I mean, with the Rosen there, I just don't know what the ceiling is for Levine. So Chicago fully healthy is just a tough team to play overall. Detroit side finally got Cade Cunningham right the other night against Atlanta. He had a big game. Uh, Now he's gone for over 50 fantasy points in two of the last three games. He's 8K. Tough matchup against Chicago. The thing that I think is interesting here is like, is Bagley going to play 35 minutes in this game? I mean, he might. If Stewart's out, then I definitely think you go right back to the wall of Bagley. I mean, he put, played 36 minutes the other night, and without Stewart in there, if this game ends up staying close, I don't see him playing 36, but I could see him playing low 30s, which it, his price tag of 5K I think is pretty solid, especially Vooch isn't defending him on the other side. I think that's a bump for him in terms of the defensive matchup here. Outside of him, um, without Stewart, Cunningham and Grant, like – are both fine. I prefer Cunningham. Cunningham comes in this game in pretty solid overall form, 55, 36, 53, 39 in the last four games. Um, Chicago's giving up a decent amount of points to twos to, to a lot of spots ever since Caruso and Levine have gone out. And since uh, what's the name has been out pretty much, not Levine, uh, Ball and Williams has been out pretty much the entire year. They're not the same defensive team. So Cunningham, I think, offers a little bit of upside. He's more of a bring back if I'm playing DeRozan or if I'm playing Levine over on the other side. Grant, if you need the salary savings, and Bagley is just an all-around good play without Stewart. Phoenix at Miami, 216.5 total here. Miami Heat, 7.5-point favorites. On the Phoenix side, they're on the second end of a back-to-back. On the Miami side, Caleb Martin is questionable Marquise Morris is out we saw Victor Oladipo return the other night play 15 minutes I just want to say I called it the night before uh, I said that he was going to play 15 minutes before any report comes out so boom um, on the Phoenix side I would assume that Devin Booker is not going to play I know he's got to be getting close um, we'll have to see if Cam Johnson is back here but I mean, we saw we saw a big game, Cameron Payne on Tuesday night. I think I'm just a little concerned about a blowout here, but I think campaign at 6,500 is still too cheap for the usage and role that he's in right now. I'm not really concerned about a blowout. Surprisingly, I know they're on the second and back to back. I know they're without Booker and without Paul, but they've been still playing some pretty decent basketball without both these guys recently. So I honestly less worried about the blow. I'm willing to roll the dice on Payne again. I mean, he's just been absolutely crushing. He's still too cheap at 6,500. I mean, just put up a 50 burger prior to that played 36 minutes, put up 39 points, 46 points the ones before that. So he's been pretty darn solid every single night. I know it's a tough match versus Miami, but he's too cheap at 6,500. I think Aiton, it's fine. He's not a great play. He's not a terrible play. Obviously, two solid games in a row. They need a little bit more usage out of him um, without Booker and Paul in there. So he's definitely a fine play. Bridges and Crowder are about priced where they should be. 
pain taking up a lot of usage kind of eats into things. And then Shamit, he's still too cheap at 4,400. I mean, two solid outings in a row, 30 plus 4,400, probably not high enough of a price tag here for him. So Payne, Shamit, probably my two favorite, followed by Aiden. And then if you want to throw Crowder or Bridges in, that's fine too, but I'm probably staying away from them. Yeah, I think Payne is still someone that I really like. Um, I mean, Shamit was someone I talked about a lot yesterday. I definitely could see going back to the well on him. And Aiden, I think, is a good tournament play. On the Miami side of this game, I assume that Victor Oladipo is still going to be on a pretty strict minutes limit. So I don't know if I want to go too crazy. And I mean, we just saw Vincent not play at all. I think what he played two or three minutes um, the other night with Kyle Lowry back, Oladipo getting minutes. So, I mean, you're, you're staying away from Struss and Vincent now with the guard roles kind of getting healthy here for Miami. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of staying away from everyone. I mean, Butler probably draws a pretty tough, tough matchup going up against Bridges. I don't see him doing a ton. Doing a ton. Bam, not really a great matchup in this spot. With everyone in here, with Lowry, with Hero, with um, Oladipo now in the mix, like all the guards are pretty much out of play. A lot of these guys are priced up for when they're without Lowry, certain times when they're without Bam, without Butler. Like they've had a lot of games where they were missing – a guy or two over the last month or so. So all their price tags are probably about where they should be. If they were missing a guy with everyone healthy, they're all a little bit overpriced. And it's not really the greatest match in the world, even without Paul and Booker in the game. I still think Phoenix keeps us close and they're pretty solid overall defensively. I don't see this being a huge pace game here. I I just kind of want to stay away from everyone over on the Miami side. But if I was going to take anyone in this spot, it would be Butler or Bam. Cause you're right. Like I want to stay away from this guard rotation with all three of those guys in there yep we got the lakers and the rockets 231 total in this one the lakers only a three and a half point favorite i'm just gonna tell you right now i like lakers minus three and a half in this game um i like houston all right i I love it (laughs) Um, I don't think James ends up playing though. That's that's kind of my assumption. Without James in there, I think Houston at home ends up winning. Oh, you think he's not going to play? Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, he didn't play what Monday? Yeah, against the Spurs. So, all right. The full injury report here is Dennis Schroeder is questionable. Jason Tate is questionable. Christian Wood is questionable. On the Lakers side, AD is out. LeBron is questionable. And Kendrick Nunn remains out. So starting here with the Lakers, I mean, if LeBron and AD sit, I still think Westbrook is probably too expensive. Um, Oh, too expensive? Really? Yeah, I do. I really do. I mean, we saw the other night it was like THT getting the usage bump with LeBron off the floor. Um, I mean, it's so hard to trust Westbrook. I've said it all year. He just, I feel like he just doesn't look comfortable. Yeah, he really doesn't. But I mean, I really don't care. It's a matchup versus Houston. I mean, yeah, it's true. Yeah. in, In a different spot here. I mean, I get San Antonio was a decent pace up matchup and a decent overall matchup. Like if LeBron James ends up missing, then Westbrook, 
I'm still willing to pay 8.5K. I mean, Houston's giving up, what, the second most points overall to point guards this season? They're giving up some of the most points in the entire league to pretty much every single position. So Westbrook, I think, is still too cheap at 8,500. THT, probably too cheap at 4,500. Mello, probably too cheap. Monk, probably Monk too, is cheap. too like, cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Monk's going to shoot 15 three pointers, 10 three pointers. He's like He's an 18% usage rate guy, and he had a 30% usage rate the other night with no LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think Westbrook's still my favorite, followed by Monk, followed by THT, followed by Mello. If LeBron doesn't end up playing, if LeBron ends up playing, then I think LeBron, I mean, it's pretty simple every time. LeBron's the only one I really have any interest in. Everyone else's price where they should be. I have no interest in Westbrook if LeBron ends up playing. But if he's out, then Westbrook, Monk, THT, Anthony, all pretty solid overall plays in this spot. Houston side, I mean, obviously we're going to be paying attention to the Schroeder Christian Wood news. Um, I mean, if they were to sit, it would definitely open up Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, send gun like there'd be a lot of potential value here for Houston if that happened. Yeah, no, it all kind of depends on those guys. If Schroeder ends up playing them, probably out on him and probably out on Kevin Porter Jr. If Wood ends up sitting and Schroeder ends up sitting, then yeah, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. should be taking a boatload of this of shots in this spot here, going up against one of the worst, probably actually, I think it is the worst team in the league versus guards so far this season, the Lakers. I don't see either of them having any problem in this spot. And Goon should end up playing a boatload of minutes if Wood ends up sitting and the Lakers really not good versus um, Biggs. So Sangoon should be in for a pretty decent outing. Um, potentially go with Eric Gordon if you needed to. Don't generally like playing him, but in a spot versus the Lakers, I think he offers some upside. But yeah, it all kind of depends on the availability of Wood and Schroeder and Tate. Like there's going to be more minutes to go around and this is going to be. If LeBron ends up sitting, Wood ends up sitting, Schroeder ends up sitting, this is basically a G League game, but no defense is going to be played. Yeah. Back and forth, back and forth, a lot of points scored. So It's going to look a lot like the All-Star game, but without All-Stars. Sounds like DFS goodness. Atlanta at Milwaukee taking on the Bucks, two thirty-six and a half total in this one. The Bucks, a five and a half point favorite. Milwaukee second end of a back-to-back. Atlanta, Kevin Herter is probable. So, starting here with Atlanta, what's standing out to you here for the Hawks? I mean, I don't love a lot. I mean, I know Milwaukee's been worse on the defensive end. It's a pretty solid overall matchup here. For the Hawks, um, everyone's kind of in there. So, realistically, it's probably just Trey Young. Like, I know her ends up missing, which he shouldn't. He's probable. Like, yeah, it, it's just there's too many mouths to feed here. Everyone's kind of priced up a little bit. Hell's not going to get much run in the fourth, I would assume. They're going to most likely go with Collins more. You can never really trust it in 6.2K. I'm not really – trusting Capella for as many minutes as I want him to have Collins with everyone in there and all the usage that everyone else gets not really going to get there. I mean, it, 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 I think it's pretty much just Trey young for me, even though Bogdanovich has been playing great recently. I think there's other mid tier guys I'd rather go with on this side of the slate. Yeah. I, I think 
the game stack is is a little appealing here with like a a John Collins or a Trey Young and running it back with like a Giannis and just hoping for like a big game stack kind of working out. What are your thoughts with the Bucks? I mean, Giannis, Middleton coming off a really good game. Both of them second of the back to back, but I think both of them are fine. Like Portis probably priced where he should be again. I like the mid tier today, so I'm staying away. Drew could put up a decent game going up against Trey Young defense. I think Giannis followed by Holiday, followed by Middleton, but I don't know. Second of a back to back, I wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee ends up sitting someone here. Yeah, I think. If I'm playing, I, I like Drew no matter what in this game, for what it's worth. But I think if you're playing like Giannis, you're trying to run it back, and you're you're paying a lot for a potential game stack here. Yeah. OKC at Minnesota, two thirty-one and a half total in this one. The Timberwolves are a fourteen and a half point favorite in this game. The Thunder, second end of a back-to-back. And then on the Minnesota side, Beverly and Edwards, Prince, Russell, Vanderbilt, all questionable. Um, is this one of those scenarios, Grant, where you could like do a bet like and just roll the dice? And like if Russell and some of these guys get ruled out, like Edwards, like, all right, well, I'll take I'll take OKC plus 14 and a half. I think I'd take out OKC plus 14 and a half regardless. Um, I actually like OKC's been keeping games surprisingly close. I mean, I know they got blown out by Milwaukee, but that didn't happen until the end of the game. SGA is just playing incredible. I like OKC plus 14 and a half. I really like SGA. I'm going to bet the over on his points again. I did a ladder on his points and bet the over all the way up to 32 and a half. Every single one hit tonight. Um, he's just like without Gideon Dort, he's, just been ridiculous averaging a full point per minute real life point not not fancy point real life point he's getting three to five stocks a game like set five to eight five to ten rebounds five to ten assists i love sga in this i don't know if people are going to trust him on the second end of back to back at 14 point spread worked out great tonight putting up 70 fancy points i'm going back to the well on him outside of that i mean don't really love anyone. I mean, Ro- Roby, Pokushevsky, Baisley, like unless one of those guys gets ruled out, I think they'll all get the amount of minutes they should at their price tag. Like, it's just not great, but SGA gets a matchup versus Minnesota. And especially if Papev doesn't end up playing, then he's going to be the entirety of the offense in a pace-up matchup. I... I mean, I think Minnesota just beat them by like 36, 37 a few nights ago. I still think SGA is just going to get everything that he can handle most nights right now. And if the game stays close, he has 60 plus point upside on any matchup. Um, I think Isaiah Roby is definitely in play here for tournaments, Trey man. And then on the Minnesota side of this game, and it's all going to come down to does Edwards, does Russell play? Because if they're both out and Beverly sits, you know, we're going to be looking at Beasley. We're going to be looking at McLaughlin. Uh, it's going to open up a lot of value here going up against the thunder. 
Yeah, I mean, good luck, Trent. We can't really dissect this too much the night before. I mean, if Russell and Edwards end up missing, just hammer in Towns and hope it ends up staying close. If Russell or Edwards end up playing, then you can play either one of them that ends up playing in Towns. Um, if Pat Bev's out, then we probably have interest in McLaughlin. If Edwards, Russell, and Beverly are all out, then McLaughlin, Beasley, McDaniels all should end up playing a bunch of minutes, have a big increase in usage versus a bad defensive OKC team that's giving up like 130 points per night. So, like, this is going to be a high-scoring game regardless. It's whether or not it stays close. I plan on doing a lot of high-priced stacks with expect if Russell and Edwards and Bev end up missing, I'm going to have a lot of teams with Towns, SGA, Beasley, McDaniels, probably. All right, moving along here, we got the Orlando Magic at New Orleans taking on the Pelicans. Two 21.5 total in this one. The Pelicans an eight-point favorite. Magic second end of a back-to-back. Pelicans second end of a back-to-back. We do know that Brandon Ingram is very questionable here. I mean, he didn't play on Tuesday, so we'll have to kind of see. Jalen Suggs did not play Tuesday as well, dealing with the ankle injury. We'll start with Orlando. Anything standing out to you for the Magic? Well, Anthony and Wendell Carter. I mean, potentially Wagner. I don't think he's the worst play in the world. Um Especially, I, I do you think there's a chance they end up sitting Fultz on the second one back to back? I think there's a good chance of it. He only played 17 minutes, but I mean, I definitely could see them sitting him here. Yeah, I mean, he's only played. He oh, he 17, already has 18. been ruled out according to the um, Orlando Sentinel. All right, so without Suggs, most likely. I mean, we'll see. Um, without Fultz, like. RJ Hampton should end up playing a bunch of minutes. I know he's not real productive in those minutes, but he's sitting at 3,600. I think he makes a decent value pick, but yeah, it's mostly just Carter, Anthony, Wagner all in there. I think Anthony's probably my favorite without all those guards eating up a bunch of the usage. He should end up playing mid thirties minutes if this game ends up staying close and he has a chance to put up a big outing. I know he put up a big dud tonight, but that was a tough matchup going up against Phoenix. I don't think he struggles much in this spot here. So Cole Anthony is probably my favorite, followed by Hampton, followed by Wendell Carter Jr., followed by Wagner. I am so hesitant to play Orlando as a fan and just watching how many people are in the rotation right now. I think if you had interest like me and like Franz Wagner on Tuesday night, you could definitely go back to the well on him and the guard situation. If, if Suggs gets ruled out again, I definitely don't mind taking some shots on Cole Anthony at 6,900 Pelican side. I mean, if Ingram sits McCollum, I mean, I I think it's a, a, it's not an overthink spot, right? Yeah, absolutely. McCollum. I mean, he played three quarters and he had what? 21 points. He had 21 actual shots before he got pulled in the blowout. Yeah, had 58 real life points. Like he's been crushing it since he came over there. He's going to eat up all the usage. I don't know. I wonder. I'm guessing they don't have his player prop out yet. I'm looking over on DraftKings. Um, I'm guessing it's probably going to come in. It came in today at 
ended up after Ingram was out at 24 and a half. Um, that ends up with that again, hammer the over Orlando been a decent defensive team, strangely enough recently, but um, they still one of the, they've been one of the fastest pace teams in the NBA recently. So McCollum absolute smash spot. One of the best payups on the entire board. Um, Fallon Junis. He's fine. Like I know he had a rough night tonight in the blowout. Didn't end up playing a ton of minutes. Isn't getting a ton of minutes most nights, but still a guy that can offer you some upside at 7.4 K. Um, outside of that, not really a ton to love. I mean, I think it's just going to be McCollum eating up all the usage. Yeah, I think McCollum is the play if Ingram is out. I definitely could see maybe taking shots on Graham at 3,900 if we get news or uh, Alvarado. I think both of those guys would be value options in this matchup against the Orlando Magic. So if Ingram is out, B.I. sits. New York Knicks at Dallas taking on the Mavs two thirteen and a half total in this one. The Mavericks an eight point favorites on the Dallas side. Brunson is questionable. Hardaway, Chris, Nick Lakina out on the Knicks side. Grimes, Noel, Reddish, Rose, Toppin, Walker out. Mitch Rob questionable. Start with the Knicks. Um, I still think right now, with the way the Knicks are playing, it's just RJ Barrett for me. I think he's the only guy that I have interest in in this game, unless Mitchell Robinson sits. You could potentially take shots on Taj Gibson, but there's nothing sexy about playing Taj Gibson. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, if Mitch Robinson's up saying that, I mean, Gibson's going to get 25-plus minutes, and he's sitting at 3,400. So he immediately becomes a pretty solid overall value play. I know quickly he's been playing really well the last two games. 5,100, I mean, I don't hate it. I don't love it. He's at least getting some run, but realistically, Barrett's the main guy that I want to go with. I mean, he's playing every minute he can handle every single night. I mean, he played 37, 33 in a blowout, um, 44, 40, 38, 35, 43. Like he's playing every minute he can handle and he's taking a boatload of shots every single night sitting at 8.2 K. He's a very solid play here. Randall been pretty up and down. I know he's coming off a 70 point game where he just absolutely crushed, but 10.1 K. I mean, I can't really justify paying that price tag for him. So Realistically, it's Barrett regardless. Quickly, if you want to take a shot on his recent production, or Taj Gibson if Mitch Robb is out. Dallas side of this game, I mean, you can always play Luca. I think if Brunson sits, you could take some shots on Dinwiddie. His price is definitely caught up to the production. But outside of that, I don't really have a ton of interest in Dallas unless you think I'm missing something. No, but it's pretty much Dinwiddie if Brunson's out and Luca, regardless. I mean, I don't really want to mess yeah. around with Bullock, DFS. How, like, none of them are really going to end up getting there any given night unless DFS gets hot from beyond the arc and ends up hitting a bunch of threes. Then that's that's kind of the only way he's really crushing tournament value. But Dinwiddie should see an increase in minutes, increase in usage if Brunson's not in the game. And Luca coming off of two 70-plus point games. I mean, he's taking the shots. He's getting everything. Luca's in play regardless. 
Toronto at San Antonio taking on the Spurs to 28 and a half total in this one. Toronto, a one and a half point favorite. Looking at the injury report, OG Flynn are out. Van Vliet is questionable. On the Denver side, Barton is questionable. Bones Highland is questionable. Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray remain out. So starting here with the Toronto. Oh, I said I read off the Denver injury report. My bad. On the Spurs side, Bates Diop is doubtful. Vassal is probable, and that's really it. So Toronto side first. Uh, it's really going to depend on Van Vliet with Flynn and OG already ruled out for this game. If Van Vliet doesn't play, I have no idea who is going to play. Is it going to be it's Amari Barnes has been Brooks? Running the point. Barnes has been running the point, I think. Yeah, I, I think Barnes, Barnes has been crushing and, it without Van Vliet. Yeah, Barnes and Trent would be and Siakam like that. That's where you're looking at Toronto. I don't know if you take shots. I guess you could take shots on Boucher. Yeah, Boucher had a pretty decent outing the other night and played 36 minutes. I could see that happening again. Saying at 4,900, he's not a bad play if Van Vliet ends up sitting. Um, if Van Vliet ends up sitting, Scotty Barnes is going to probably run the point again. He's going to play a boatload of minutes. And he's going to be heavily involved. He's been crushing it recently. 7.7K is still probably not high enough for him. Siakam, if Van Vliet's out, should see an increase in usage. Hasn't really been paying off too much without Van Vliet in the game, and he's priced probably about where he should be at 9.5K. Gary Trent Jr. has been shooting awful, like just absolutely awful recently. But one of these nights, he's going to end up with a 30-point outing where he actually shoots decent. So he's definitely a tournament flyer. But outside of that, I mean, probably not messing around with Precious, probably not messing around with Thad Young, and realistically, if Van Vliet plays, I'm probably just out on everyone around the Toronto side. Yeah, I mean, I still think Barnes is is in play. I think Gary Trent is in play if Van Vliet plays. They're just better plays if Van Vliet sits. On the Spurs side of this game, I mean, DeJounte Murray is just like a 55-point machine most nights right now. Monster Slate. When you're paying 11-3, you really, you know, kind of want a little bit more than 5X. What are your thoughts here on the Spurs? I'm probably staying away from DeJounte. I'm not against playing him. I'm not against playing him any given night. Not the easiest match in the world going up against Toronto. Don't really see a huge ceiling from him here. So on this big of a slate, probably a guy that's going to get X'd out from my player pool, but I don't, won't argue with playing him. Vassal, potentially with Lonnie Walker, I think. Is Lonnie Walker probable or is he questionable? I can't remember. He's probable. All right, with both of them likely coming back. Um, not playing Josh Richardson, probably not playing either of them. Kelvin Johnson needs to shoot lights out in order to get there. Probably not a guy that's on my radar at 6,400 on this size of the slate. Yes, he can give you 40-point upside, but there's a lot more dependable and more realistic plays at 40-plus points on this slate than him. Pirtle, I mean, Toronto has the height to go against him. Hurdle really hasn't given you a ton of upside recently. He had one big game, and that was kind of it, and that was a double overtime game versus Washington. So can he put you give you 50 points? Yes. Is there five or six other guys at the same price tag that can give you 50 points? Yes. So I'm not really going to play him. San Antonio is kind of a cross-off for me, unless Van Vliet ends up sitting, and I just need to bring back and 
which case it would probably end up being, I don't know, like I'm fine with Murray, Pirtle, or Johnson just as a bring back, but I don't really want to play any of them. None of them stand out as great plays. Denver at Sacramento. I can read the Denver injury report now, Grant. 234 (laughs) and a half total. Uh, Four-point favorite here for the Nuggets. Uh, Will Barton is questionable. Bones Highland is questionable. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. remain out. Terrence Davis is and Rashawn Holmes is out. Heartless and Lamb are questionable. Looking at Denver here, what are your thoughts here on the Nuggets? Jokic, that's it. Like, I guess a good match versus Sacramento. I mean, I suppose that Barton ends up playing, he could put up a decent night. If Bones Highland ends up playing, then he could be in for 20 some odd minutes, which could end up getting it done. I don't hate him if he plays. Um, but realistically, I don't, I don't want to play Morris. He's fine. He's been playing well recently. He could be in for a little bit more usage, but 5.1K is probably about the price tag he should be. I never like playing Aaron Gordon, even though he gives you random massive nights. Not a guy that I want to throw into any of my rosters. So it's, it's pretty much the same thing for me every night. It's Jokic or nothing. And it's kind of the same tonight, even in a good match versus Sacramento. On the Kings side of this game, I mean, Fox is 9,300. He's someone that he's been crushing his point prop here recently as well. Uh, Him and Sabonis. Sabonis just doesn't seem to like have that ceiling for 9,400. So I think I lean more towards playing Fox or taking a shot on like a Harrison Barnes in this matchup or DiVincenzo. Like he's been playing consistent minutes here recently. Yeah, I mean, I think DiVincenzo is probably my favorite. 4,700 Barnes. Yes, he's playing minutes. He's getting a decent amount of usage, but not enough to really hit a ceiling and give a night. Fox, he's been scoring a ton recently, but 9,300 is probably where he should be. Honestly, on a different slate, I'd probably take a shot on Sponis. His minutes are finally up there. He played 37 minutes the other night, and he was ejected, I think, like three minutes left. So they're finally giving him a pretty big set of minutes now so i could see playing him in this spot if it weren't this big of a slate i just don't think he ends up making the cut here i don't think fox does i don't think barnes does i'm probably staying away from sacramento in this spot all right moving on we got portland at utah 219 and a half total here the jazz a 18 point favorite in some books that's crazy. Probably warranted. Uh, Utah is good to go as far as injury report. Portland, no Bledsoe, no Ingles. Lillard, Little, Nurkic, Winslow out. Simons is questionable. Starting here with Portland. I mean, if Simons sits, Brandon Williams, even in a tough matchup, I think just getting the minutes that he's going to get is very playable at 5,500, but Outside of that, I don't know if I want to go Watford and some of these other value plays in this spot. I really think that it's Williams. If Simon sits, if Simon's plays, I don't know if I could pay 8400 for him on the massive slate against Utah. 
Yeah, it would be a little bit tough to pay that price tag. I mean, it's not like he hasn't been paying it off, though. Just not a great matchup going up against Utah, not really giving you the ceiling you really want. In this spot here, always a chance of a blowout. Williams, if Simons is out, I mean, just what he did the other night, I'm probably chasing it. I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea, but I'm probably doing it. Um, Eubanks crushed my soul the other night. I'm He's dead to me. <laughs> so that, that, that's pretty much that. Like, I can't give you good analysis because I don't ever want to think about him again. Um, even though Josh Hart should be dead to me, if Simons is upsetting, I'll go back to the well on Josh Hart. I know he just played terrible the other night. And you assume it's just because, oh, if there isn't a ball-dominant guy to actually dish the ball out to him, he's going to struggle. But I don't really care. I'm going back to the well on him. 7700 big price tag. But realistically, outside of that game, he's been playing really well since over in Portland. Without Simons, I have to assume he's going to eat up a lot of usage, even in a tough matchup versus Utah. So, yeah, that's basically it. Williams and Hart, if Simons ends up sitting, if Simons ends up playing, then I'm out on all Portland players. Uh, the Utah side of this game, I mean, if this game were to stay close, like maybe Josh Hart has a big game or something. I, I don't know. Um, I could see the Utah guys crushing in a close game. I just don't think the game stays close, and we can't project blowouts. But, I mean, on a 12-game slate, does anybody really have the ceiling outside of maybe like a Bogdanovich or a Clarkson? I mean, I think I could see Mitchell or Gobert putting up a big game if this stays close. I mean, Portland's terrible defensively. It's going to be a decent paced game. No one's going to be able to stop Gobert. He's probably my favorite of the two. But Mitchell can absolutely put up a big outing if this game stays close. The problem is there's not really – it's not really worth it on this slate considering how many other guys are in play. So I'm kind of just out on Utah players too. Like, and like I said, if Simon plays, I'm just full on fading this game. We finish it out with Washington at LA taking on the Clippers two twenty and a half total here. The Clippers are a four and a half point favorite. They are on the second end of back to back. And then Washington Bradley Beal is out still. So looking at the Washington side first, I mean, Porzingis is back played 21 minutes the other night and he shot great from the field had 25 actual points do we think he plays more in this game or do we think that you know 20 25 minutes is what we're likely going to see again i think he might play a few extra minutes here um still not playing him i mean yes he can put up a decent outing in 25 minutes but i i've i've he, he just shot fantastic the other night and that was basically it like I had the under on points. This is a tougher matchup than it was against Indy. 7.6K is too expensive. Kuzma sitting at 9.1K on this side of a slate, size of a slate. I have no interest in him. I think Porzingis eats into his usage. And with Porzingis in there and Kuzma in there, like I don't really have a huge desire to play really anyone else. I mean, Ish Smith might end up playing a decent amount of minutes, especially if Neto ends up getting ruled out. Um but I don't really want to play him on this size of the slate. KCP, his production's probably going to go down. He's been playing out of his mind recently, just shooting lights out from beyond the arc. So I'm, I'm kind of just – this is another fade game. If it if late night hammer kills me, that's fine, but I don't, I don't have any desire to play any of these Washington guys. They're all kind of overpriced because 
Porzingis is in there and playing minutes. Yeah, unless we get some kind of news on Porzingis, it's tough. And then on the Clippers side, I mean, I don't mind Zubak in large field tournaments, but Reggie Jackson is his price is way too high. I think Trey Mann's price is kind of right where it should be. Marcus Morris's price is right where it should be. So I think on the Clippers side, if I think of playing anybody, it's Zubak. Yeah, I mean, he'd be the one person I'd even remotely consider. Not that he draws the best match about everyone going up against Washington here. But I, I don't really want to play him either. Um, the entire Clippers team is dead to me because they've lost me such a huge amount of money this season because they do not have predictable rotations almost any given night, and they're so hit or miss every single time. I mean, I get Reggie Jackson has been putting up some big outings, but he's also putting up some terrible outings. I know tonight so the game's not even over yet. He's playing terrible. Like, I, I don't have any interest in any of these Clippers guys. You just don't get a huge amount of upside, and the potential downside any given night is just terrible. Um, don't chase Batum's big night tonight. I don't know where he's going to end up at. He's got 27 halfway through the third. Don't chase that. Yeah, they're going to be well-rested, that's for sure, because the Warriors are running them out of the gym as we're recording the podcast. Favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who do you like here? I know there's like 20 guys that I could have gone with, and I'm trying to find any of them in this spot. I cannot. Um, we'll just go with Michael Beasley or Malik Beasley um, in case – Russell and Edwards end up sitting. I'm going to go Shamit. Over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? Uh, That's a tough one here. There's so many guys, and a lot of the spend-ups are in a good spot. I'm going to go with uh, Julius Randle. Oh, you took mine. He did. He is coming off of a monster game. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Monster game uh, against Sacramento. I... I think I'm going to go Siakam in this spot. 9,500 seems like a lot. I'm going to go Siakam. Who's your favorite 6X play today? I'm going with a high-priced guy. I think SGA puts up 60. I like it. I like that one. I don't have any problems with that one. I I like debating on two people, but I'm going to go with Drew Holiday today i just i really like this spot for drew he's been playing great he just didn't get the minutes against the thunder the other night because the game didn't stay close but i'm gonna go drew holiday for 6x today who's your let's get weird gpp play of the day i don't know Uh, i mean there's so many guys that are dependent on other guys playing i don't think Cameron Payne's weird um he's probably gonna be fairly chalky uh, I don't know. Cole Anthony. Is that weird? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a 12-game slate, so not many people are going to be chalky, so we'll see. But I'm going to go R.J. Barrett. I'm going to ride this R.J. Barrett train. The usage is nice, and I'm just going to continue to play him. So, uh, Grant, any bets standing out to you here night before? I'll let you pull that up. If you haven't already, make sure you download the Rotogrinders Discord, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. Get in the Grant's Action Lounge. It's free right now. It's not going to stay free forever. 
take advantage of it. Um, I gave you a minute. What do you got for me? Uh, as soon as SGA's over comes out, hit the over on points. As soon as McCollum's over comes out, hit the over on points. Current ones are out right now. Fox over 24.5 points. Barrett over 24.5 points. Uh, Cade over, I think it's sitting at 31.5 PRA. Um, and you can hit the over of 19.5 points. He said that five games straight, I think. I like it. I like it. Um, I mean, there's not many lines that are standing out to me, but I, I, I'd pound the Chicago Bulls minus six and a half against the Pistons. I like that a lot. Uh, even if Vooch doesn't play, I still think Chicago has no trouble in this game handling this game uh, against Detroit. So I'll go with Chicago minus six and a half here night before. So. They beat them by it's just weird, Grant, because they beat them by 46 earlier this year. I don't well, Detroit's been playing so much better recently. Like they're actually yeah, I get it. I mean, like honestly, I, I think Detroit, like sorry to go against you. I think Detroit has a chance to keep this game pretty close and potentially win. I mean, they're six and four in their last 10 games. Their losses, Atlanta by three, Indy by five, Toronto by two. Um and then they beat Boston. They lost to Cleveland by three. They lost to Boston by one. Last 10 games, they're playing pretty darn good basketball. I wouldn't sleep on Detroit. I'm getting jelly beans. That's all I knew. Um, I'm getting some jelly beans. Skittles jelly beans are the ones that I like the most. They, they're they Really? Know, you, ta- you taste the rainbow. I do love Skittles. Do you ever have the Skittles gummies? Yes, I've had every kind of Skittle that they've ever made. I am fat the and Seattle? I love Skittles. Me too. Did you ever have the Seattle Skittles? That's the never, one I never got. No, I don't know. I don't even think I've ever heard of that. It was a limited edition. They only made like a few thousand packages. I think they're really tough to find. And they'd only got released in Seattle. I tried to get... I had one of my buddies go scour the gas stations and grocery stores for him. He couldn't find any. I'm currently looking everywhere to see if I can find these now. It was a Marshawn Lynch thing, so they're probably like six years old. Oh, there's like there are some ones that you can like find that are like twenty grand. Yeah, yeah, that sounds Seattle. That sounds Ricks. about right. Super yeah. Bowl something edition. Yeah, all right. No, I I have not had those. I don't think I ever will because uh, looking at the price of them. <laughs> if you ever do, they're probably going to be pretty darn stale. Uh, I found some for like two hundred and seventy bucks, but yeah, I'll pass. Um, I yeah, the gummies, man. That those are those are legit. That's one of my disc golf snacks when I need some sugar on the course. Nice. No gummies. So, all right, that is going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We'll be back Friday talking more hoops. Good luck, everyone. We will see you then. See you, kids.